Hello and welcome to PointCast. I am Francine Dash and with us is a past guest, Frank Jameson. Thank you so much for coming back out and being with us. Um, for those of you all who aren't familiar with PointCast, we are a podcast that where we talk to voters about the issues that concern them most. We also take some time to get to know our voters, where they come from and how they got to where they are and what they believe in and what they think it's in, is important for us to focus on as we move forward as a country, as a city, as a state. So thank you, Frank, for taking out some time to come in and talk with us. Um, I reached out to you mm-hmm. because... Um, I noticed that um, you're, you're part of our network now that you're a guest, mm-hmm. and I noticed that you've been responding to uh, some social media posts uh, concerning yeah. politics. And um, before we get too far into that, uh-huh. I want to back up a little bit and remind people about who you are. So tell us a little bit about who you are and and um, your story here in Indiana. Okay. All right. Well, first of all, uh, thank you for having me here again. Um, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here and, and have my voice heard, so thank you for that. Um, Frank Jameson IV, um, lived here, and in, born and raised in Indianapolis, raised in the inner city. Um, well, that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm born and raised here, lived here all my life, grew up in, in Indianapolis, have watched, you know, the city grow and change and watched my neighborhood grow and change and just growing and changing with it. Growing and changing with it. So let's talk about, let's ju- jump right in. What led to you getting into these discussions, if you will, or maybe even debates with people who appear to be your friends mm-hmm. uh, on your social media uh, page? Why did you feel that it was important for you to kind of jump out there? And, and let me kind of preface that mm-hmm. uh, for people who may be listening. You made a point as people were talking about what they supported, you were going out and fact checking. Yes. Okay, what they were saying yeah. was truth. Why did you do that? Um, well, it, my history in those conversations actually goes back to before Facebook. I mean, I've always um, had people of different views around me. Um, I've always appreciated that for one. I, th- I think if we surround ourselves with like minded people, we miss a lot of things. So I've always kind of had these conversations with um, people of different. And one, I just enjoy it because it opens up my my perspective and makes me see things a little differently. But in speaking to what's what's been going on with me on Facebook, um, it basically just came down to people weren't people were responding to things that weren't true. Or Such they as, were, give us they an were example. Responding to things as kind of rhetoric and things like that. Um, I think. It, I'm gonna just start one of the one of the earlier ones was the Obama birther conspiracy or theory that everybody was going with, and how everybody was was you know of course trying to say Obama because he wasn't born here he was a Muslim and all this and he's not American and all this and um, what I've seen in as our political discourse has become less and less civil, part of it I think is fostered by there's so much information being put out over mm-hmm. the internet mm-hmm. um, Facebook Instagram and all of those but a lot of it now is from what I what I kind of get there's not there's not they don't follow facts a lot of it is they just put out what supports their beliefs so if they if so any, you're basically saying they're lying I don't want to say they're lying because to a degree in in most of what I've seen there's some truth 
But the issue is, is that people ha have taken those truths and bent them to their perspective. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the, I've actually kind of refrained from getting into those comment conversations because of some of my experience and how they've played out. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I like to share the facts because I've always been a technical guy. Um, mm -hmm. Math was my favorite subject in you know, math and science were my favorite subjects coming up through school because I thought those those are the pure ones. I mean, two and two is four, no matter how you look at it. Right. Um, so I've always appreciated that. And when I see people that are responding to just rhetoric or I see people that are, you know, bending, bending facts to suit their, and I see this on both sides. It's not just conservatives, but I, because of my social beliefs, I, I consider myself kind of a social liberal but a uh, fiscal conservative. Mm -hmm. Um you know, it just kind of, it started to kind of burn me because I'm like, these people are basing these beliefs and saying these things are based on half-truths. Why do you think that is? I mean, what? how do you think or why do you think people are able to foster whole discussions on half-truths, have other people buy into that and help perpetuate them? What What is the end game? What are people, in your opinion, getting out of that? type of discussion and as you said you've seen it on both sides right um acceptance acceptance yes um for themselves or for their point of view i say for themselves and they they share they they want to share these point of views and i think part of it is also because you know political conversations have become so divisive at this point um and i believe you know a little bit of tribalism has come into play in the situations because um, when you look at situations when when people have stepped out, and I'm speaking just in the political circles, when you look at situations where people have stepped out of the party line, mm -hmm. um, they usually have caught a little flack for that in one way or another. I mean, we can even take the recent impeachment trial and look at Romney and look at what happened with him when he voted with his heart. And, you know, it's one of the things that I mean, some of the other guys were just talking about. I mean, he is he's been called a rhino. You know, right, uh, Republican in name only. He's receiving death threats because he voted with his conscience versus voting with the party line. So this lack of tolerance of uh, different views mm -hmm. is what you were trying to address or is it something else? What is the end game for you? For me, it's just about if you're if you're going to if you're going to. Your views and your points of views, you're, you know, being conservative, liberal, that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their point of views. But base those points of views on facts, not just, you know, how you want things to look, not just how, you know, because we know politicians, you know, they have long kind of bent the truth or, mm -hmm. you know, they say things to suit them. We've even seen where they, you know, back flip flop from, you know, they'll say one thing today and reverse that entire position, you know, two years down the line because it suits their political um, livelihood. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, it's just about if you're if you have the you know be a conservative, that's fine. But be a conservative that that bases those opinions on on facts, base them on truth. Don't just go out here and say, well, Obama did this and Obama was the worst president ever. When 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 you look at the numbers by most bipartisan you know uh, institutions, Obama actually did pretty good on most cases. Mm -hmm. You know, and when, you know, and it's like I said, it goes on both sides because people rail on Bush and, and he did do the last Bush did do some, some good things. But, you know, when people just get so caught up, I mean, that's what I think it is. People just get so caught up in 
wanting to fit in, wanting to follow the line, um, that they just don't even want to see the truth. I mean, in some of my conversations that I've had, and like I said, you've looked at some of these comment mm -hmm. conversations that I've had, even when I've laid out the truth, even when the truth is laid out in front of them, mm -hmm. they refuse to accept it because it does not fit their viewpoints. Let me read to you something that was posted on January 24th that, uh, and I want to get your response to it. Okay. It says, Joe Biden calls us dredges of society. Obama called us clingers. Hillary called us deplorables. Terrorists call us infidels. Trump calls us all Americans. What is your response to that? And the reason why I bring that up is because it had some interesting conversation. Okay. I don't recall that one. Was that one I responded to? <laughs> no, someone else. Oh, okay, okay, thank you. I, was say, I think I left. You that may one have alone. missed that one. <laughs> yeah, that's probably when I saw him left alone. But the reason why I bring um, that up is because it lent to your comment earlier about some truths, mm -hmm. right? So these words were mentioned, right? And these words were pointed. I don't know about the terrorist callers infidels. I don't know about that. That mm -hmm. that may be true, but in a mm -hmm not just certain people, but right. anybody who doesn't yeah. believe is all, American, all Americans, America. right? <laughs> but as far as some of these other things, when, when people take parts of a narrative mm -hmm. and create a new narrative mm -hmm. and then put another banner on it and then shift that around and then they, they add whatever they add to it mm -hmm. themselves, mm -hmm. um, that can be really powerful mm -hmm. for some people. That has a way of actually dividing people, but also bringing people together. Right. So back to my, my point with reading this, what is your response as you, as you hear that? It, so I don't recall seeing that one. That's a new one on me. So I would say my first response to reading that would probably be alongside. Um, because Why is that? statements like those, mm -hmm. and, and as you said, they have been said. I mean, I, know, I do know that Hillary has spoken about deplorables i do know obama has spoken about cleaners but the context around those um and and to put you know deplorables and clingers into the same space as terrorists calling us infidels is too i think is part of the issue you're trying to group all of these things together when the context between them is not all the same mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i mean to, not to go too far back in the history, but I mean, the infidels, they cause infidels because they believe we are trying to take over their land and, and remove them from their land. I mean, they... Right, that's not necessarily we, new right, information. Right, that's, that's not new, but I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, they, they feel justified, you know, in calling us that um, because of the history, American history in the Middle East. Um, when you look at, you know, Hillary and the deplorables, um, It, it, it is not, she, it was not said in the same context as trying to call us conquerors or infidels as the terrorists implied. So let me ask you this, the overall passage that I read, would you consider it accurate or inaccurate? I would consider, as we said, the statements are true. The statements have been said, but they are all, to me, they are being used out of context. So it's contextual. So, so without the context, the context you don't of, have the true meaning. Right. So without the context of the, the entire statement when Hillary said deplorables or the entire statement about the clingers, you know what I'm saying? And then you lump it in with 
terrorists and infidels, it makes it, it gives it an entirely new context versus the conversations that were had initially. But it certainly adds fuel to, oh, oh yeah. to, to this fire. Oh yeah. Let me read something else to you, um, and, and I want to get your, your response to this. Okay. okay, this is another quote from social media. Want to know why they hate Trump? Because a 70-year-old man with zero political experience just barged in and accomplished more in three years than they have in decades. I don't know who they is, but there's a they. That can be a Republican or a Democrat mm-hmm. because decades includes Republicans and Democrats. Right, right. So what is your response to, to hearing that? Oh, uh, yeah, that's another one that gets aside. Um, and, and part of that is because, you know, now they're lauding the political inexperience when, you know, the the they they railed on Obama for his what perceived inexperience in politics. But now that it's somebody that they support and somebody that supports their views, now it's like it's it's a benefit versus before it was a liability. Now we keep saying they too. Well, who are the days when you say they? When I say days and particularly when I'm hearing posts like that and conversations like that, conservatives or right-leaning um, political believers is what comes to mind. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, generally it is going to be a Trump supporter or you know conservative that is going to support some statements like that. Right, You're right. definitely not going to see that from, from liberals, anybody on the left there. Right. Let me, let me ask you this, because like yourself, there are a lot of fiscal conservatives out there mm-hmm. um, who probably right now feel like they don't have a home. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what do you fiscal conservatives in the last at least twenty five maybe thirty five years have been placed in the Republican Party, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there's some argument that this is not the same Republican Party and it can no longer really hold down the the fiscal the the philosophy of those people who really were about you know cutting debt, mm-hmm. cutting spending, mm-hmm. even cutting um, uh, some government involvement. In, in certain areas. This mm-hmm. is a kind of different. As a fiscal conservative, mm-hmm. do you feel that any of your views are represented by the administration that's currently in office? No. I, honestly, I haven't seen anything that they've done that's been fiscally conservative in the recent administration <laughs> that, that doesn't have, in, in, let me put it like this, they, they have, there are some things that they have lauded and you know proposed as fiscal conservatism, but to me it's just more of, you know, the, the, the right against left. It's more of, hey, we're going to throw this out here saying that it's going to do these things, but it's really more about sticking it to the other side, mm. you know, sticking it to the opposing party. Um, I don't know, like the, the whole tax, the last tax deal, and, you know, we're looking at, you know, our deficit is higher than it's ever been, and when we had Obama in office, Everybody was screaming about the deficit and how the deficit was was growing and all this, but now we we have it is larger than it has ever been, and nobody said anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that you know part of that in that comment was they say that he has done more in three years. I haven't seen him really do anything positive. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think about when I hear people say that they talk about you know he went and talked to Kim Jong Kim Jong Un. I think I said the right one this time. Um, <laughs> 
But, I mean, when Obama proposed that, everybody was up in arms and, and, and screaming about it. And mm -hmm. honestly... But even his own party. Now, right. this is something else uh -huh. that I'm seeing that's, that's different. Mm -hmm. um, Democrats, um, they, they, there are times when they come together. Mm -hmm. But there are times when they seem to be uh, less courageous mm -hmm. um, and they splinter off in order to appease different factions or different coalitions. Mm -hmm. But what we're seeing is this really strong Republican coalition mm -hmm. that is in complete support of the president and his initiatives. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there is something, especially if people are into partisan politics, that the Democrats can take away from what they've seen the Republicans do? Um, Considering what I think is um, leading all these Republicans to focus and move in the same direction, uh, no. Um, in, in all honesty, I appreciate um, people that step out of the party line because, truth be told, I mean, both parties have pros and both parties have cons as far as their political ideologies and things mm -hmm. like that. So. Mm -hmm. You know, even on the left, there are some times that they propose policies that are not always for the best of America. And when somebody steps out and opposes that, I'm all for that. I'm all for that on both sides. I mean, because. So you want to keep the soapbox open for individuals to declare themselves separate from a party agenda? And I don't know if it's truly declaring themselves separate, but, you know, my vision of government is that government is supposed to be working for the best of the people, for the best of the country. And yes, sometimes to do the best, there are some people that have to feel some pain about it. But mm -hmm. in the end, you have to be doing what's best. And if what your party is proposing is not for the best of the country as a whole, then I think you have a right. I mean, that's what they signed up for, to serve the country, to serve the people. So if it doesn't serve the people, I think that is your, you are supposed to stand up against your party in that mm -hmm. situation. And I don't think it splinters your party. I think if it is done in a um, truly open-minded way and, you know, people are actually looking at what is, you know, looking at the truth of the situation, the truth of the policies, then it's not about splintering the policies, it's, it, the, the parties. It's not about stepping out of the party. It's about being true to the party and being true to, to what you signed up for as a senator or representative. Mm -hmm. So um, last question that I want to get into is some of the issues that you want to see on the forefront of this, this upcoming election. Okay. So do you think the, the Republican strategy of everybody towing the line, if not suffering some sort of punishment, you, you think that's the wrong way to grow. I mean, and the reason why I ask that is some people believe that it's an effective way to get things done in Washington. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, no, I don't. I don't think that is the way to get things done. I think the way to get things done is to have open, open-minded conversations about what we are trying to achieve with certain policies. I think it is. I mean that. That's to, that to me is what the base of our government is about. It's not just about, hey, we're just going to run this through, follow mm -hmm. along. It's about, mm -hmm. hey, as a representative of the people, because these, these, not only are they supposed to be representing the government, the, the United States as a whole, but these people are here representing their individual states, mm -hmm. which each state has its own you know, needs and desires and things that they need to make them a, to make them a whole state, a wholesome state. But 
Um, so, no, I don't think just towing the line is the best way to get things done. I think you have to, both sides have to be open to some compromise. Both sides have to be open to seeing the pros and cons of all issues. So, you would, move forward so you would take the way that Democrats do it now over the way the Republicans are doing it now? Not totally uh, <laughs> proven of how the Democrats are running right now, um, because some of them are truly, I mean, like posing and stepping out. And it's not even to me, it's not always even about some of the things I've seen them step out about. It's not about what's best for the country. It's about what's best for their political livelihoods. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I can't agree with how they're doing it, but I can agree with the fact of um, Towing the party line and running with the party on every issue is not the best way to govern our country. I got you. I got you. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. All right. <clears throat> let's talk about, you know, we have this election coming up. It's getting down to the wire with uh, the, the Democrats coming to terms with, you know, who may be their candidate moving forward. Do you have any favorites? No. No favorite yet. No. Let's talk about it. let's talk about issues. You know, and and let me ask this before we move forward: yeah. is is Trump a contender? A Trump? I'm sorry, is Trump a contender? Would you consider voting for Trump? No. No. So for you, Trump is out no matter what. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about issues. What are the issues that one of these Democratic candidates has to really promote to make you? Uh, to make you want to give up your vote to them? Oh, that's a good question. So a lot, a lot of my concerns, I think, are more local than um, nationwide issues, national issues. But for me, um, a candidate... A, a, well, all politics is local, so... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, in the end, but... Um, for me, um, what I'd like to just see is a candidate that is really about what is best for the United States. And they all say that. They all come out and say these things and these issues. But how do you determine that? How do you determine um, what which I, one? Because they all say great things. Right. What I like to see is, um, I think consistency is like the first thing that comes to my mind okay. is, you know, they, they're not flip-flopping on issues. You know, we can't go back 10 years and find them saying the exact opposite of what they're trying to propose now. But um, can't people grow and change? Yeah, but to go the exact opposite, you know, to totally flip on something, I mean, without, and again, without, you know, knowing why they did it, but generally you see them just do it for political sake, just mm -hmm. for their political livelihoods versus, hey, I learned something, um, I grew out of this, you know what I'm saying? And, and if they, you know, put that out there and said, hey, this is why I'm changing, then I'll be a little bit more open. But um, also somebody that is willing to be bipartisan because as, as I've always believed, neither party has all the answers for the country, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but both of them working together. I mean, I mean, when you look at my beliefs, I'm a social liberal and a fiscal conservative. I mean, if we need to take care of, of those least able to take care of themselves, but we also need to be mindful of how we as a country are spending our money when, mm -hmm. You know, you look at the common man, it's, hey, manage your budget and take care of yourself. But our government runs on, well, when we run out of money, we're going to print some more. We're going to go borrow some more from somebody else. So how do you talk to the common man and say, hey, sink or swim on your own, pull yourself up by your bootstraps when you keep buying new bootstraps, mm. buying new boots? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So and over overall, you're looking at character. Yes. Okay. I say yes. Yeah. You say yes. So any of these candidates 
stick out to you? I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get to one. <laughs> Any of these candidates stick um, out to you as someone of, of good character oh. that, that, you know, that you kind of have your eye on? If I was going to say anybody right now, um, I say Booty. I think I said his name right. Booty Judge. Booty Judge. Yeah, I always, okay. always screw his name up. Sorry about that. <laughs> Our Mayor Pete. Yes. Yes. Um, Farmer Mayor Pete. And I mean, he, he has his issues, but mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing I like about him is is one he he's still a politician, but I mean, he seems you know earnest and 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 true out there. Um, like I said, he's got his issues. All politicians do. We're all human. Yeah. We've all made mistakes. But also what I like about him is his youth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting a little tired of seeing 60, 70 year old men running our country who I feel, you know, at that point, yes, experience is great, but you also have to be able to connect with the people that you are serving. And but aren't it, there 60 or 70 year old American citizens out there as well? I'm sure there probably are, but from, <laughs> from what I've seen and, and particularly between Bernie and Biden is, I. I just feel like they are they are disconnected. I mean, they've been serving for so long. Mm-hmm. Yes, they know how to play the game. Yes, right. they have the experience. But when's the last time they, when were they really a true American citizen? When were they truly living amongst, living the normal American life, mm-hmm. if, if mm-hmm. ever? Mm-hmm. I mean, at least Budiak, you know, he's got some experience. He served in the military, which generally has been, you know, people that served. That used our, to be a... Uh something people looked for right yeah that's what i was about to say yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um he served in the military i mean Mm -hmm. he's he's coming from being a mayor of of a not even say small town but i mean you know a relatively small city Mm -hmm. um so i feel like he's got more of a a connection to the common common citizen the regular citizen i don't want to say common man but the regular citizen and what they're what they'd like to see out of the government at this point, I'd like to invite uh, a couple of folks into the discussion. It's a good man, too, girl. Let me tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best man ever. I think we're meant to be. All right, woman. Okay, we, we are still here, Frank. I've invited a couple of people into the discussion. We have our Wilda Allen, who is also a past guest and will be joining us for another discussion. We also have Anthony Arnold, lovely and affectionately just called Arnold, <laughs> who is one of our podcasters and featured writers on our website. Please feel free to check out his articles at pointcast.news. So Frank, I've invited these folks in here. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to get to a space when we invite others into the discussion and give them an opportunity to ask their own questions based on what we've been talking about so far. So you all can jump in if you like, if you have a question. Yeah, uh, Frank. Uh, yeah. So I, I heard you mention your support for or how you would lean towards Mayor Pete. Mm-hmm. And, you know, given the problems he's had in South Bend, especially on the matters of race relations, as, yeah. you're, as yes. you're probably aware, yes. particularly yeah. the issue with the, with the police chief mm-hmm. up there. It, it's, you know, it, it does make me concerned. Mm-hmm about how he might handle that, especially with that being a significant part of the electorate among Democrats. Mm-hmm. So how does that make you feel or you know, how does that make you think about his potential candidacy? Oh, man, this overhead light is so appropriate right now. Just grilling on by the receipt. Yeah, I am, yes, very aware of what he's gone through and, you know, what has gone gone on with the police chief and the race relations up there in South Bend. Um 
I mean, for me, like I said, the biggest thing is 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 his youth and um, the fact that he's not at this point a career Washington politician. Um, but neither is Trump. Well, I mean, he, he's not. You're right. He's I not. mean, if we're just qualif- he, he, if we're using that as a qualifier, he's right? not. I'm, I was trying to make sure I had the appropriate response for you. Uh, <laughs> Please not. be nice. Yeah, no, that's all good. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, like I said, that's that's my biggest thing is his right. youth because I feel that you know with Bernie and Biden being in seventies, if not approaching seventies and seventies. Um, I feel that at this point they there start to be a disconnect. I mean, they're career politicians. Biden's been both of them been politicians probably as long as I've been alive. <laughs> so um, I feel like at this point, you know, yes, they have the experience, they know how to work the political system, but they are disconnected from common man's you know wishes and desires. So that's that's kind of where I'm, I'm and I'm leaning. And let me be clear, I've not finalized my. Or made my vote yet, and it's probably gonna come down to to when I walk into the the booth to who it is. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, Booty H. How is <laughs> I have to work to say his name right? Yeah. Um, right you now have he's time to practice. right. Right now he's kind of where I'm leaning, just because of m- more of his youth than anything. Um, and I feel like you know once he gets in the office, he's gonna have to address those. I mean, even going through to get to office, he's gonna have to address those. And I mean. Well, just his disconnect is probably just as much as anybody else's. It's just been relevant because he's a mayor and he's not a career Washington politician. Yeah. So no, I think that's uh, I think that's about the answer I was I was looking for. I mean, I guess I'll also ask you. So it, it seems like part of it, just you know, gathering from what you said, is mm-hmm. there's a lot of different constituencies inside the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's maybe a, you're trying to figure out you know, the, the, the black vote is a part of it. The youth movement, particularly among the progressive left, is a big part of the Democrat base, but you also mm-hmm. have more traditional, mm-hmm. older-style Democrats. And it seems like you're trying to figure out, kind of find a candidate who can maybe put the jigsaw puzzle together. Yes. Is that is that yeah. an accurate assessment? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm not sure that uh, Buttigieg would win. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that we need new blood. I'm not n- sure that that new blood needs to be young blood. But I am sure that we need new blood. Right. Uh, Buttigieg is young mm-hmm. in a lot of the right ways and a lot of the wrong ways. Mm-hmm. He's only been a mayor, a mayor mm-hmm. which means that his political knowledge uh, is, um, how can I say? We have a different climate. Right. Ten years ago, maybe a Buddha judge. Uh, let me just say this in plain English so that everybody will understand. Trump will eat him alive. Mm-hmm. I am not. This is not the time where we can say um, that'll be okay. Let's just put him out there because. Right. So not ten years back, maybe ten years forward. Buttigieg has been very polite. He's been very much, I think, on point. I think he, he's he been kind of the groundswell. Mm-hmm. Well, he's been rising because of what we're going through. Mm-hmm. And I believe he will fall for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, here's some things. Let's just 
get down to the nitty gritty. You guys are just not wanting to say it. But the moment it comes out, the first thing that Trump and his constituents are going to say is what? He's gay. Yes. We're going to have questions like, okay, so on the night of the inauguration, what's the first dance going to be like? Right. We're going to have to have those questions, and they have to be spoken out loud. We can keep skirting around them if we want to. Mm -hmm. Trump's going to eat him alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is not a time that we can lose. Mm -hmm. Let's make some comparisons to a guy that I, you know, I thought all Americans loved, and I'm finding out they did not love. Obama. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Obama was afraid of his own shadow. Mm -hmm. Obama was first black. Mm -hmm. He was afraid to do anything that would discredit that. Mm -hmm. As a result, Obama did not do a lot. Mm -hmm. Judge is going to be first gay. He's going to skirt around, and I don't mean that literally, every single issue because of that. We can't afford it. This is not a time we can afford those. Those whole niceties that we had, God's not now the time. Mm -hmm. Our values are at stake. Our own democracy from, from our own constitution is at stake. Mm -hmm. This is not a polite time we're going through. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got to stop being, I don't know, the political correct thing is driving me absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like Buttigieg, don't misunderstand me, so that everybody understands who I am. I have not only a gray granddaughter She's a, that's gay, she's about as gay as they come. Grandmothers are always going to love what? Grandchildren. Right. So I'm saying that to say I'm not against Buttigieg. Mm -hmm. I am against losing my democracy. I am against losing some sanity in politics. Mm -hmm. I am against racism. Number one, I am against families that have come a long way that we're going back slowly. Now, let's talk about being young for a moment. All this right. is what young people like. Uh, professors, great professors, tell me what age they are. Usually mine were middle-aged. Actually, yeah. and over. Mm -hmm. And over. And why? There's a reason for it. I think experience, research, they have something to talk about. They're bringing something. And now, Buddha Judge is how old? He's in his 30s. 30s. 34? Yeah. yeah. Let's, 30s. Use, let's use a very a easy mathematical equation that my grandmother gave me. For every day on this earth, what happens? You learn something. Mm -hmm. Let's multiply the number of days. 365 times how old is he? 34. 34, I think. Yeah, 30, 70 35. times 365 is what? So if that analogy is true, how many more days knowledge do those guys have than Buddha Judge? Mm -hmm. Now's not the time. Mm -hmm. I'm for Buddha Judge. I don't think you guys are understanding how serious this election is. Buddha Judge, and I love him to death, guys, mm -hmm. when it comes time for election, they're going to rip him naked. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be because of the same issues that Obama fought. Obama fought because he was black. They came mm -hmm. up with the birther. I heard you talk about mm -hmm. it. What do you think they're going to come up with, Buttigieg? Let's see the marriage license. What does the marriage license say? Mm -hmm. Who are they? Husband and wife, wife? Husband, husband? What are they? What's the inaugural gown going to look like? Mm -hmm. 
we so take you, these things he, for granted. He's going to go petty. You believe that President Trump is going to go petty? Uh, has he ever the... gone anything but petty? <laughs> well, I guess he's, that was he's, a rhetorical he's made, question. Right. He's <laughs> made fun of people that had uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's true. Uh, he's, he's made fun of stuff that no president has ever made fun of before. Mm-hmm. He's a rapist. He pays $130 for prostitutes. He cares less about political correctness. And here's what's amazing. America elected him. Mm-hmm. Wow. They will eat Judge for dinner. This is just not a time, guys, that I feel that we can afford it. Now, having said that, everybody says, oh, well, this is America. We've had all kinds of people. And if he becomes the nominee, you, me, everybody, and every other Democrat, independent, Republican needs to vote for him. I will give you that. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, guys, if there's any indication that he's going to lose because of, we can't afford it. But you're saying even if he is elected, he would be ineffective. Is that if, if I heard you correctly? If he is elected, no, he's not ineffective. He did the number one thing that matters to me. He beat Trump. This is what I truly believe about America, guys. Let's say that we actually put someone in office other than Trump and all these other issues that we have, social and politically. I guarantee you they will happen and we will, we will come back to being America. Mm-hmm. So, first issue for me is what? Get Trump out mm-hmm. because I promise you everything else will follow. I believe that. Now, so that everybody understands, I'm in my 70s and I'm a citizen. I got a question for you because I heard you to give the definition of, of citizen. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. <laughs> I don't know how anybody, first of all, everything that I am in 70s, I came to the 60s. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be here were it not for me. Mm-hmm. You would not, your father would have never have been police officer were it not for me and others just like me. I think that what we're fighting and we shouldn't fight, guys, is age because, trust me, I'm going to win on that one. <laughs> I mean, but I, I think it's I think it's fair, though, to, to, to point out that no Democrat is going to get anything done when they're elected. Not like... This has sort of been a lost, a lost point. So for the, the first two years, because of the Republican Senate, yeah. you're saying mm-hmm. that yeah. that any Democrat that gets in office would possibly go back to the original point that Arwilda was bringing up was merely to defeat Trump. But there has to be more to this exercise than just beating Trump, because uh, for a lot of people, it's not about Trump. It's some people see not just Trump, but this whole political environment as a system mm-hmm. of what hasn't been working. Yeah. So I don't know if there's agreement or disagreement on that. I'm just sharing what has been, you know, shared with me. I mean. And uh, some of the people that you all are supporting. Now, I think, who are you supporting? Is initially, that, I was supporting Warren. Warren, so right. Have you changed? Not particularly because of, I've changed only because her path to the nomination, I think, is dead. Oh, I, I just don't think she has one anymore. Mm-hmm. I think she needed to come out strong in Iowa in order to get momentum, maybe still New Hampshire, and see if she could carry that momentum forward. Mm-hmm. She's running in the same lane as Bernie, and if Bernie, you know, she has first, some gains in New Hampshire, so right? Mm-hmm. She, she has some gains. If you know, Bernie finishes seems first or second in Iowa, depending on whatever Iowa eventually comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm get the numbers. Him and Pete are. 
I believe, in the lead right now in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they go to Nevada, where Bernie is first or second with Biden. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't come out with the win in one of the first three, I, I think she's dead. Like I just don't, I just don't think there's a path. And it's not mm-hmm. her fault, but like the numbers, the math is what it is. Like mm-hmm. unless she could steal a bunch of stuff on Super Tuesday, which mm-hmm. that would require Biden being out of the way, which. This that's like too far in the weeds, but like, <laughs> like I haven't changed on Warren. I just don't think she has a clear path to nomination anymore. Okay, I think Part we've had this. several presidents that have won though that didn't do well in either one of those elections. Didn't do well in Iowa. Yeah, and that, that's Iowa. what I was going to say. So and that, and I think America's taking another look at both those states. I mean, let's let's be realistic. Yeah, they they are really not representative of what America is today. No, they are not. No, they're not. So they're I don't know that. It really matters in the scheme of things anymore what Iowa or what New Hampshire does. We become so diverse. Um, I, I went to, what's the last time you've been to Kings Island? A couple, a couple of years. For the yeah. listeners that don't know about Kings Island, King Island, King Island is an amusement park in Ohio, mm-hmm. right off of Indiana. Mm-hmm. I was amazed. It is a melting pot of people that are mixed. Mm-hmm. I saw blacks and whites. I saw a rarity of Chinese and blacks. For a Chinese woman to be married to a, a black man, I, w- I was just totally amazed. Mm-hmm. You have to come out of the little boxes that we live in to see what's really going on in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it concentrated in some areas? Yes. But I think also in some rural situations and and, and states, uh, we are in this, this melting pot. Mm-hmm. So Iowa, trust me, it's not conducive to uh, who America is, and certainly near, near New Hampshire. I like Elizabeth. Uh, I I thought that she was going to be the one, and it's not over. Uh, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. I think that we're going to see some things come out that we had no clue about, mm-hmm. um, like we saw into what was going on um, with this last impeachment. Mm-hmm. Um you know, everybody says, I'm not sure where I am on the impeachment, but it happened. I'm glad it happened. But I, there was some surprises in there, and I think mm-hmm. we're not done with surprises. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll let that, I'm sorry to cut you off, but for the sake of time, I'll let that be the last word on this segment. Mm-hmm. And I want to give you the last word since I invited you on to this show. Hearing from other voters mm-hmm. about where they stand mm-hmm. and having this civil discourse, which I really appreciate you all participating in. I really do. Mm-hmm. Has that, do you think that will have an effect on how you start to see this process moving forward? Or are you pretty much where you were? Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not sold on Budiich. I mean, that's that's just kind of where I'm leaning right judge. now. Budiich, I know, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in there, I'll get it right. Um, Budiich, okay. Um, I'm not totally sold on him, but like I said, I, I right now I'm just kind of leaning with, with, as you know, for the reasons that I said. Um, as much as I would not, as as distasteful as it would be to see Trump in office again, this whole beat Trump at any cost, I think is not true to the not true to our not true to the whole dem- democratic process. Mm-hmm. Because we are supposed to be voting for who we feel is the best and this the best candidate for for who we see as the country. Um, and not to say I'm not saying that Trump is, but to say I'm just going to vote for Biden because I feel he's the one that can beat Trump. You know, now and it it kind of burns me a little bit when we talk about we need to support the most electable one. 
No, we need to support the one that we most believe in that has the best ideas for our country. It's because we've gotten into this process, I feel, of voting for the most electable one that we've gotten into this place. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to vote for what you feel is best for the country. And and yes, like I said, don't get me wrong. I would, I, I would, it would not be very good if to me if if Trump made it again. But to just say let's just vote for the sake of getting Trump out, who's to say that that Biden and and I'm not saying they're not, but who's to say that Biden has the best for our country, the best policies for our country? Who's to say that that Warren does? And we as a people need to stick to what we feel is our conscience versus who we think is just going to be electable. Because then it starts to become to me more of a popularity contest than it is who we feel their policies are best for the country. And who will actually do the best for yes. the country. 